Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Why did Jesus come to earth? Well, Jesus came to earth to do two things to forgive sins, and then to transform sinners. He didn't come to do one thing. He came to do two. Now, he came to this earth to transform people, sinners. How many people is that? It's everybody. In other words, everybody was a sinner. When it comes to sickness or health issues, we would much rather treat the cause rather than the symptoms. Instead of taking a constant supply of pharmaceuticals, many of us would agree that fixing the cause of our illness is a much better solution. As advanced as medical science is, there's one symptom that mankind has been unable to cure the cause, death. In today's message, Pastor Mark teaches us about the ultimate cure that's available to all, Jesus Christ. Not only will we learn about how Christ liberates us from our sin, but we also learn how he seeks to free us from the symptoms of our sin as well. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message entitled, Dr. Jesus Makes House Calls. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. This morning, life is filled with questions, and some of the most interesting questions are why questions? Why? Let me ask you a question today. Why would anybody in their right mind get up at 3 a.m. for Black Friday and go and get stampeded in a, in a store. Did anybody do that? Let me, let me see your hand. Well, why? Well, we know why, don't we? We've all done it. When we had kids or grandkids, you got to get there and you got to save those two bucks and you just beat those people over the head and it's Merry Christmas. We're crazy. Well, maybe you think this is a new thing. Look what I found on the web yesterday. This is 1935. It's Christmas rush. The same idiots. Now the reason they're, you're like you are, that's your grandparents. It was passed down in our genes. So we just can't help ourselves. There we are. Crazy. Why? Who knows? Well, today in our teaching, Jesus is going to talk about why questions. Why? Well, before we get to all those questions, we kind of have to review a little bit. Why did Jesus come to this earth? Well, we learned it last week. First thing you want to write today is this. Why did Jesus come to earth? Well, Jesus came to earth to do two things. 
to forgive sins and then to transform sinners. He didn't come to do one thing. He came to do two. Now, he came to this earth to transform people, sinners. How many people is that? It's everybody. In other words, everybody was a sinner. Well, we learned some C's last week. Let's see if you can remember any of them. Christ, C. He came to this earth, and Christ works through a church. A church can't save you. A church can't transform you. Only Christ in his word does that. But he's instituted churches to teach his word so that we will get saved and get transformed. Well, CC is a perfect one for us because we're a Calvary Chapel. Just one of many wonderful churches. Well, what does he want to do in our lives? Well, there's two C's and then two more C's. He wants to transform us in character and conduct. How you doing? How'd you do on Friday morning when that person stuck in front of you in the line? How was your conduct? How was your character? And then we realize, well, it's not just about an instant change or this kind of change that happens over a few weeks and we go back to normal. No, there's another CC we learned last weekend. If you missed the DVD or the tape, get it. Constantly changing. In other words, I'm to be transformed more and more and more and more to be like Jesus. In fact, to think, to be, to minister like Christ. Now, since every person needs changing, Jesus, you're going to see in our teaching today, will go where sinners live. Where do sinners live? Where? Everywhere. Everywhere. All right, we'll show you how. In a moment, I want you to, at the count of three, just to shout out, not too loud, don't kill your neighbor, the street that you live on. Just, what am I? I live in Conesty, so just at the count of three, just yell out. Here we go. One, two, three. Where do sinners live? Right on your street. Right in your neighborhood. Now, I can ask you to do the same thing about the place where you work, Harris or the hospital or the business place or Dillard's or whatever, and you can shout, are there, are there sinners there? Yes. Oh, yes. How about the ball fields when your kids are doing the soccer thing? Any, any sinners on the ball field or in the stands? Yes. Oh, yes. Well, since Jesus came to this earth, let's see if we can figure it out. He came to forgive people of their sins. How many people was that? Everyone. And then to transform them, to find sinners, where would Jesus go? He would go everywhere. And see, if I'm going to be like Jesus, then I'm going to be doing the very same things he's going to be doing. And through our teaching this morning, we're going to see a picture of how Jesus goes to where hurting people are, to where sinners are. The title of our teaching is, Dr. Jesus Makes House Calls. How many can remember when a, a doctor made a house call to your house? Let me see you. Good. You're over 60. <laughs> Doesn't happen anymore. Just rarely, unless he happens to live next door to you. In Matthew chapter 9, look down at verse 9. And we'll begin our why questions. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew. Now, if you look at Mark and Luke, he's called Levi. Many people believe he was called Levi first and then 
after he met Christ, as we talked about last week and before and after, he changed his name to Matthew. He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. Now, why did Jesus choose Matthew? He saw him. Why did he choose Matthew? Why? Why? To follow him. I'm going to give you three reasons. Number one, he chose Matthew because he knew that Matthew's life was empty. You see, life without Jesus is empty. Now, we have to have a little history of this. Matthew was, as you see here, a tax collector. He had a tax post, a little building or a little high rise where he could sit on an incredibly busy road in Capernaum, which was the hometown of Jesus where he was focused. So you can imagine that Jesus and Matthew saw each other much. Matthew was at this tax post and he would collect taxes from people that were going from the Mediterranean Sea all the way up to Syria. And there would be an incredible amount of individuals doing that. Now, Matthew was a Jew, but he collected taxes for Rome. These tax collectors were known to be simply dishonest. Rome would say, here's a percentage of tax, depending on the goods and the person that an individual would take, and they would tax them. But they had the liberty because they were the power. There was no H&R block. The people didn't have turbo tax. They couldn't figure out really what it was. So if you went by and Matthew said, you owe me this, that's what happened. He would put the amount that the government owed that they taxed in his pocket here and later give it to Rome. But then he would add on a commission or some other taxes depending on how he felt. And he would then keep, any of these tax collectors would keep that money for themselves. Well, because of this, these tax collectors were hated by the Jews. Here's a Jew hated by the Jews. Number one, he's a Jew, and he's taking advantage of his own people. He's ripping them off. He was hated. Number two, Matthew is working for the Roman government, who's oppressing the Jewish nation. He's hated. And number three, because of this, Leviticus told us in the Old Testament that if a man with usury takes advantage of the Jewish person, they could not worship at the temple. So he couldn't be here for services. Somehow, through all of this, there was a frustration. How in the world, and we're going to use this initially today as, as the tax collector's booth right here. Well, how did, how did Matthew get here? I mean, how, how did a Jew get to a place where all his brothers and sisters, family members, fellow national people hated his guts? How did he get here? Well, we don't really know directly. We don't know when he transferred this, but we do know a couple things. Matthew was a Jew, and he knew the Old Testament. You're going to see why later. He knew many of the prophecies. He understood that there was a Messiah coming. He understood a lot of the things in the Old Testament. But then he looked at the religious system of that day. See, tax collectors cheated the Jewish people. Well, there were many religious Levites and priests that also cheated the people. Remember, Jesus had to come and turn the tables. They were so. So at some point, Matthew got fed up with religion. He couldn't find God in it. It just didn't work. And he began searching. It left him empty. He began searching for purpose 
and meaning in his life. We don't know how, but one day maybe he, you know, put an ad in the paper and asked what kind of jobs there are. And somebody offered him, called him and brought him in, did a great interview. And he got this job as a tax collector. Well, he jumped at it. Because that would mean to him that, well, there would be money and there would be power and there would be possessions. And he was hoping when, when he took this job that that would solve the, the emptiness, no purpose in his life. Well, initially it was pretty good because these people would come and go and man, he was pocketing that money. He had opened a new account. I mean, he went to the bank, got all those little free toys you got, man, he just had toys everywhere because he just kept opening more and more bank accounts. But after a while, you're going to see later, he had a huge house, incredible house with all the things that went with it. After a while, he was just as empty as he was before he took this job. You see, the Bible tells us that stuff doesn't bring satisfaction. You know, Of all people in the world, we should know that. I remember in the old days, my dad telling me when he was living in Kansas that if he was lucky, he would get an orange at Christmas. And one year he got a little pocket knife. It was like, hallelujah. Today, here's a common scenario. What am I going to get him for Christmas? They have everything, isn't it? We have everything. I mean, if I need something, I get it before Christmas. I don't, what are you going to give me? What do you get somebody that has everything? And see, we've changed. Let me ask you a question. Are we any more happy? All the time-saving devices we have? I think I had more time before I had email. How about you? Yeah. So, Matthew realizes that this position, with all the money, all the power, all the stuff doesn't bring life. How about you today? Is this what you're basing your life on? Stuff? Your position? Your ownings? The buildings? The position at Harris or hospital? Your bank account? Is that the the thing that brings you fulfillment and satisfaction? One day it's all gone. So you should be empty. And the sooner you come to that realization... Like Matthew did, the better off you are. So why did Jesus stop and say, Matthew, come follow me? Because number one, he knew Matthew was empty. There was no purpose. There was no meaning. Number two, why did Jesus choose Matthew to follow him? Because of this. Everyone is sick with sin And needs Dr. Jesus. You see, the reason that Matthew's life was empty was directly related to a spiritual disease that you and I, well, we all have. It's called sin. Jesus came into this world where every human being, we already went through that, every human being was born in sin. This sin separated them from fellowship with God. And as a result of that, they were empty. Nothing made sense. But worse than this emptiness was the end result of this disease because this disease eventually caused spiritual death. If I would mention you this morning, 
I guarantee you everybody will understand this. Bird. Boy, you slow. Let's think of a disease that's getting ready to... Like a bunch of birds out there. Bird flu. It's going to be universal. You say, well, it's not going to affect me. Hmm. Remember, as we approach end times, it's going to be more and more things that you have never, ever seen. You say, well, it's going to get better. Oh, no, no. It's going to get worse. See, and all the stuff you have won't make any difference. So, we know what bird flu is, but sometimes we're... Pastor Mark, what, what, do you, what do you call a Jesus doctor Jesus for? What do you mean a, a disease called sin? Well, here it is, Romans 3.23. For all have sinned, fall short of glory of God. Well, what's the result of that disease, sin? Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. It's spiritual death forever. See, it doesn't matter what you have here if you don't solve that issue. And that's why Jesus came. Jesus came to forgive sin and transform sinners. So, you see, up to this time in the world, there was no permanent cure for disease, the disease of sin. The Jews were involved in the sacrifices. They were trying to keep the law. But the more they did it, the harder they tried, the more they added. And pretty soon there were 600 and some yeses and nos. And the people just got fed up. They couldn't ever do it. They couldn't ever be good enough. And you say, well, we don't have that problem today. Yes, we do. You see, today mankind continues to try to be right with God the very same way. They try religion, they try good works, they try baptism, communion, keeping the Ten Commandments, being a good neighbor, living a moral life. But none of these things work. In fact, they're like a placebo. They're a spiritual placebo with no power to cure the disease. So why did Jesus come? Why did he say to Matthew, follow me? Because he knew he was, number one, empty. But the emptiness was not caused just by the emptiness. The emptiness was caused by the spiritual disease he had, which is sin, which you have and you have and you have and you have and I have. And the only cure is Dr. Jesus. You know, specifically John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he, well, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him, and may I add this morning, and follows him, shall not perish, shall not die of that disease, but have eternal life. So Jesus came and chose Matthew to follow him because he was empty. Number two, because he was, he was sick with sin and needed a cure. And maybe the most important reason the most important why today is this one. Why did Jesus choose Matthew to follow him? Because Dr. Jesus saw the potential of what Matthew could become. I want to ask you a question today. Have you reached the potential that God has for you? You see, when you were born, God created for you a plan for your life. Matthew has no clue. Matthew's, Matthew many times has seen Jesus going by, and he, he's probably thinking, well, is there any hope for me? No, I've, man, I, I'm empty, but I keep hearing about this Jesus. And we know that Jesus had been passing many times. This isn't the first time that he heard of Jesus. He didn't just get off and follow Jesus, didn't know who he was. He had seen the miracles. He had, I, mean, I mean, the word in town was Jesus. But Matthew, maybe like you, had thought, ah, man, I, look who I am. I mean, I, 
can't be a follower of Jesus. I have no potential left. I want to tell you today, it doesn't matter what you've done. You always have potential with Jesus. He's here to change lives. It doesn't matter how far you've gone. I mean, Matthew is the worst. If you look at the 12 apostles, the worst sinner, if I can put it that way, is Matthew. The absolute worst. Cheating his own people, robbing his own people, hating the religion of the day, just involved in everything, everything just horrible. And Jesus says, hey, well, come follow me. You see, it wasn't who Matthew was. It was who Matthew would become. Do you know that God has an incredible potential ahead of you? In fact, the Bible says it's more than you can even think or imagine. I remember, well, when I was younger, I remember my dad's church, and I remember even going to my grandpa's church. And, and I remember at the age of about 15 or 16, I was the youth president in the church. And man, I'd lead it. We are Christ ambassador, la, 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 la. And I'd teach once in a while. And then I went off to college and I got involved in InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. And I, man, I met Baptists and Presbyterian Episcopals and all kind of people. And I began teaching Bible studies. Then I got married and we moved down here and I was active in church and taught. And in fact, taught Sunday school. Some of you know Jimmy and Rosie. I, I taught them in Sunday school back in the 70s. In my wildest imagination, I never thought I'd be here. But see, God had potential... And it's not about me, it's about him. And you have incredible potential. Matthew has no, look at this, Matthew, think where Matthew is. Matthew's here, a tax collector. People hate him, they can't stand him. Do you know what happens in a few years? Matthew is transformed. He becomes one of the original 12 apostles. He gets to see Jesus do all kinds of incredible things. As he's sitting here, none of that's even in his mind. In fact, so much so that after Jesus goes back to heaven, Matthew's in the upper room. Those 120 people changed the world. Here we are 2,000 years later, and whose book are we studying this morning? Unbelievable. He put down his pen. Two divided by four, and you owe me. He put down his pen with calculator and began writing the New Testament. You see, on that morning or afternoon, not in his mind did he ever think anything like that could happen. But God had a plan for his life. And he's got a plan for your life. Have you reached your potential? If you say, I've reached it, I'm going to say to you, you forgot one of the CCs. Which one is that? You got it right. If a doctor were to prescribe a medicine that simply masked the cause of our symptoms, we would probably want to seek a new alternative. Rather than adding a pill to our list of to-dos, many of us would much rather be free from our affliction altogether. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark taught us how Christ not only seeks to cure us from sin, but how he desires to remove the symptoms of sin as well. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. 
The cost for each CD is $5 and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Many of us have probably heard the phrase fire insurance within the church at some point or another. This comes from the unfortunate idea of salvation being more of an event rather than a constant progression of our daily lives. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach us how the Christian walk should be filled with a lifetime of change rather than a one-time event. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurry.